Hey, what's up, everybody? This is attorney Dan Wynn, and I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, she is the owner and founder of Voss Consulting and has uh, almost 25 years of experience in leadership development. Uh, she is a highly relational facilitator, coach, and consultant. Uh, her genuine passion is developing people, um, and her strong facil facilitation skills uh, creates an environment that inspires and motivates participants to reach new levels of growth. Uh, she's a dynamic presenter and uh, engages her audience through humor and laughter and real life examples. I want to welcome to the show today, uh, Ms. Stacey Ryan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. No, my, my, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we were introduced, I believe, through, uh, through Trent Marcus. And, um, yes. Uh, you know, as, as we got to work with each other, uh, you know, I got to know a little bit about what, what you do, but I think the area of um, you know, executive leadership and, and, and coaching has always been pretty, pretty fascinating to me. So I wanted to have you come on the show and, you know, share a little bit about your expertise, especially I think leadership is so much more important these days Absolutely. with everyone working working at home and working remotely, your ability to lead a team without having the face-to-face um, -face interaction really challenge, you know, a manager or executive's leadership skills. So I wanted to, uh, you know, have you come on and share a little bit about what you do. Uh, but, but first, before we get down there, can you uh, share a little bit about yourself and how you got into this, uh, this expertise? Yeah. Absolutely. I have been in the world of leadership development in some form or fashion for almost 25 years, which just means that I'm old, um, maybe a little bit of wisdom, but um, I was so lucky in how I got involved in, in leadership development. I had, um, I graduated with a psychology degree and thought I wanted to be a therapist and then thought, oh, I don't have patience for that and learned about training and organizational development. And so that was something that really interested me. So I went into a company at one point to just, I was young, um, young twenties, right out of college to become an, out, or an inside sales person. And uh, as I was interviewing, they said, what's your ultimate dream job? And I said, well, I wanna be a corporate trainer. And I don't know why to this day, but they hired me on as their first corporate trainer. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I told them I didn't know what I was doing and they helped get me training on how adults learn and um, so many certificates about how to teach adults, um, leadership, all these different facilitation skills. So I will call that company about every few years and just say, thank you so much mm -hmm. for the opportunity because they were the ones that gave me experience. And then I got to go on and you know continue my career. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah, you, you know, I, I think um, it's, it's fantastic that you had a company that supported you and put you in in certific certifications and positions to do so. Because I do believe some people are born teachers. Some people have to be become, you know, great teachers. And like I have relatives who are elementary school teachers and, you know, they and my sister's a teacher and they have to go not only know the particular subject, but also how to manage the classroom, how yeah. learning different learning styles. And you mentioned it, you know, how do, how do adults learn? And which I imagine is much different from, you know, your normal elementary school or junior high student. It is, it was a whole world that I didn't understand. And so to go and get all of this training on how to train humans, that's where I started. And then I kind of went into the world of completely just leadership development. 
but to understand how to captivate people, how to help people um, stay focused on what you're saying, <laughs> how to actually help them remember it, like mm -hmm. how hard retention is. And when you start doing some of the studies of how much people remember from any interaction that you have, it's so small. And so to yeah. understand how people learn, you can understand how they can retain that information. So yeah, very interesting to me. Now, someone told me, you know, the, the, the human mind can only hold so as much as the bladder, human bladder can hold. <laughs> so, so like, do you have, do you have like a time limit? Like, you know, maybe 45 minutes, 50 minutes where like, it's kind of like on the dots, like, are we taking a break and before we got yeah. to the next session? Because you're right, you know, you can't sit there for three hours listening to a lecture. It'll just yep. kind of go over your head. But do you yep. have a particular structure as far as timing goes? Yeah. So now that we're virtual, uh, I, I used it when we actually got to be in person with humans, I would do full day trainings, half day trainings. Um, now that would be crazy to do full day online. It's just too much. So more, it's like two hour sections, but no matter what that is, I still try to keep it in 15 minute chunks where I'm talking max 15 minutes. And then we have time to interact because people and when adults talk about things and think and turn their brains <laughs> on and and discuss they actually remember it so mm. i it, that is one of the tools you know if you ever are in a training class and they make you talk to a buddy or share something yeah. it's a tactic because that's how we remember and um, we learn from one another so yeah 15 minutes is my my goal is i don't want to mm. just speak one way over 15 minutes yeah, yeah, and I remember I've, I've attended uh, uh, you know my fair share of uh, events and seminars, and exactly how you said it. All right, we did a chunk, we did a topic, and then turn to your buddy next to you and just share with them what you what we just learned. Yeah, and that 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 really um, kind of solidifies the learning. And you know, it's I was listening to a podcast the other day. Is you want to learn something really fast? Go teach it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's where they say like your retention is 95%. If you have to teach it, all of a sudden you become really present and you listen. And so, yeah, if you teach it back, you, you got it. Right, right. So I know your, your particular niche is uh, executive coaching and, mm -hmm. and, and leadership. Yes. And so, you know, with what's going on here, like I mentioned before, um, you know, managers and executives um, skills are really being stretched, right? Or they uh, are obviously, you know, this is this is a kind of a once a lifetime thing for for most people, and they've never had to deal with with going all remote. Yeah. Um, maybe talk about some of the things that what what you're training on um, and what you're sharing with your clients to um, to be a better manager, be a better leader in yeah. in times like this. Yeah. It's been so interesting, Dan, because when this first happened, I mean, this is our first go at it, right? Let's hopefully it's our last go at a global mm -hmm. pandemic. But I was convinced that my family would be on food stamps. Like I, like I would have no other clients. Everything was shut down. We were done. So a little dramatic. And then about two weeks in, um, I was talking with clients that I have. And really, as I was thinking about, gosh, this is the time to lean into how you lead your humans, right? This is the time we are frustrated. We're um, going through massive global change. We're overwhelmed. This is the time where leadership really counts. And so as I spoke with different clients and different people, this has just been probably one of the most fun periods of my life um, professionally, just because 
the hunger has been there. And so uh, initially it was, so I will do um, leadership development with, with groups and leaders at all level from first line supervisor all the way up to the C-suite. So um, a lot of different levels or all together, but I'll do facilitated sessions or individual one-on-one -on -one executive coaching. So I started doing um, more of both, uh, a lot of individual, just one-on-one -on -one coaching with folks who are leading teams that are really struggling. Um, or who've just been promoted into a new spot in the midst of this crazy. And so I'm helping them figure out what, what should be their kind of their next move. Um, but a lot of it was around meeting with leaders at all levels on topics that they've needed. So the first one that was just huge was how do you take your team through change? How do you lead a whole group through constant change? And it wasn't just global pandemic, but the death by a thousand paper cuts. It was like every process changed, every, every single way we did business changed. So that was a big one that I was just, you know, inundated with clients on that topic. And then after that, which I found kind of amusing was it was conflict and difficult conversations because we've now been at this for a while. And the last few months, it's like, ah, it's settling in that we're not going back to work oh so soon. And there's still so much of that virtual stuff that you can rely heavily on emails and misunderstandings. And so a lot of people are just butting heads and have been asking, help my teams work well together and then cross-functionally with other groups. Mm -hmm. So those have been two areas that, that I've been doing a lot of work on. Yeah. I, I, um, there's, there's a quote from uh, Jay Abraham. If you follow him, he's a lot, very large uh, uh, marketer and, and copywriter, yes. but he was, well, it was in the context of sales, but, you know, uh, I think it applies, uh, you know, across um, spectrums. It's, you know, people are, are, are begging, silently begging to be led. Oh. And, and I think you kind of just kind of made the point in, even in this pandemic, yeah. where you thought business would have been out the door, um, you're finding, you know, you're finding new areas to, to train in new yeah. dynamics that are appearing in the corporate space yeah. where they need, they need guidance. They need your leadership to, yeah. uh, to, 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 go, you know, help them go through the process. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for, for sure, this, uh, this, this, uh, this pandemic has opened a lot of new doors and of course elevated a lot of people's um, skill sets um, through just really just stretching of, um, you know, the mental mind and, and, um, and skills. That's it. I, I think one thing that I've seen is our resilience is huge, right? So we're able to do a lot more than we thought. I'm seeing companies that were completely paper driven to now they're paperless and, you know, who knew? And companies who were all working virtually. And for years, those companies have said, we could never work from home. You know, <laughs> well, we did, right? We're doing right, it. Right. But what's so cool for me, I mean, if you want to get any leadership development person on fire is how we treat humans is more important. It is so evident right now. We can't even hide behind, uh, let's just focus on processes and sales and, and uh, revenue. And it is how you are treating your humans virtually, whether they're gonna be motivated to stay engaged, whether they're gonna put in the extra, you aren't watching them and micromanaging them anymore. So you really gotta have this trust. And so leading virtually has been another subject that and topic that I've been doing a lot of on and it's all just human stuff <laughs> it's that's the secret sauce is actually yeah. pay attention to your humans ask good questions um give feedback 
receive feedback, but it's been an interesting shift to watch people. You have to put more emphasis on the people side of business than we ever have before. Yeah, you know, as, as you probably know, labor is is one of the highest expense for for an employer, right? And if you have high, you know, high turnover, you know, that's costing them not just, you know, there's train new training involved, putting out the putting out the ad. So yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Having you know having the right people there, treating the you know treating your people correctly. Um, there was. Um, if you, I read a book by, his name is Tony Shea, and he, he, he sold his uh, tech company to Microsoft back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And then he started a company called Zappos.com. Oh, that little one. Yeah. Yes, that little Got one. Got it. Yes. Got it. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he, his, his kind of mantra on the company was delivering happiness, right? Delivering customer happiness. But as part of it too, he was building this company culture. Yeah. that, um, um, you know, you don't want the customers to be happy, but also you want your employees to be happy. So I, I got a chance, it's, I got a chance to visit his corporate headquarters in you Las did. Vegas. Yeah. And if you get a chance to do it, it's, it's awesome. Oh, and um, they have a life coach on staff hmm. um, to, you know, help with any, any problems. So I think this is a good example of, you know, just taking care of your, your, your people. They have the kind of the normal perks, like, I think they had uh, dry cleaning and things like that. But I think I've, before that, I've never seen uh, having a life coach um, uh, um, yeah. on staff to, to help. One of the cool things is, you know, we talk about turnover was they were paying um, new employees like, hey, if this is not a right fit for you, we'll pay you $3,000 to leave. I had remember reading about that. I thought that was genius. Just opt out. So yeah. opt out if this isn't your thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what they also do is kind of cool. They actually rotate the people into different departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, customer service, online, online company only, so customer service is very huge. And they would put people from the factory up on the front lines so people can get a feel and empathize. That's it. Because usually customer service is, you know, they bear the brunt of complaints and everything, right? Yeah. Um, so so the, they got to taste what's it like to have an irate customer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the phone. So I thought that was another cool idea to have within that particular company. I mean, there's one of the hugest things that as I'm talking with people about leading virtually, empathy is one of those hugest pieces. Um, and yeah. if we actually institutionalize or operationalize some kind of empathy like that, check out a day in the life of this, check out a day in the life, help like understand where this person might be coming from. Then we get to this place where we assume positive intent when something mm-hmm. goes wrong. We're like, oh, yeah. but I've been in their shoes and that's tough. So that's yeah. a great way to just kind of operationalize it and make it a part of their culture. Love yeah, it. yeah. Also remind me of, of another book, you know, we talk about turnover and employees. And I think what's really important is actually to have the right people in, in the right positions. Mm-hmm. What uh, my, uh, my task guy of all people gave me this book. It was a good to great by Jim Collins. Yes. Right. And, yes. you know, it's not just about getting the right people, but putting them on the right seat in the bus. That's it. That's it. Right? Yeah. You know, one thing you reminded me is absolutely putting the right people in the right places, right? Where they're going to thrive. And then uh, what I've been sharing a lot about has been. Google in 2012 did a study, a two-year study called Project Aristotle, and they were trying to look to say, you know, what is currently the biggest 
what makes the biggest impact on an effective team? Like what makes a team effective? Is it just the people? Um, is it just w being in the right spot? And after two years, you want to have good people. You want to have people in the right spot. But they concluded, which goes along with what many people have been saying, like Patrick Lencioni and things about great teams, is psychological safety. If they feel psychologically safe, think of a group at Zappos, if you've got customer service folks, and if they are being told by their director, hey, we're going to change this, and all of them are like, that's not going to work but they don't feel safe enough to say it, they're gonna be quiet and they'll have a meeting after the meeting and talk about the director and what an idiot he is. <laughs> if there's psychological safety, you could go, I don't know, see, here's where that might not work. And you're able to kind of be, have candor, honesty, all that kind of stuff. So it is, it's having people in the right spot and then it's creating the environment where we can be us, right? Where you can actually bring your whole self so the idea of having a, a life coach or an executive coach on staff, it's how do you create authenticity within those groups of amazing people? And, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think it, it really comes down to like what culture does the, do the leaders want to instill, um, yeah. you know, within the company, right? It's like, do you want to rule with an iron fist where, where, where you know, what you, what you says, what you say goes, or do you want to have, you know, a, a culture of, open communication it's probably more like a benevolent dictatorship right because yeah. you know you can't let every you know subordinate run the company but yeah. um because obviously you need leaders but you know it just goes back to like you know you know creating the corporate culture where everyone's everyone's um feedback is is valued and and welcome but i think on the flip side too it's it's having having the right culture fit for that person coming in right mm -hmm. it's not just like hey this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and i think there's a skill in communicating right like you just said like hey what if we did it this way instead of this is wrong that's never going to work type, you're right type language that's it it's just allowing people to be you're right there's got there's going to be an ultimate leader there's gonna be an mm -hmm. ultimate decision maker not a problem that has to happen move us forward but allowing people to just in a in a skilled way to say hey i don't know if i see it that way what if we did this and and not getting defensive and feeling like you're in a fight now it's just we, we're all bringing everything to the to the table it breeds innovation it bring you know breeds excellent service uh, great results products all those kind of things yeah yeah so you know whether pre-covid or during covid you know you mentioned some of the kind of new trainings that some of the companies and leaders have asked you to come on yeah um but what are some of the the blind spots that you you see pretty common that um, when you when you coach uh, these leaders or executives and you say hey have you thought about this or you know here's something new that you might not have seen and yeah. here's how I can help yeah so this hasn't changed so I th maybe that's good I don't know it's pre pre post it'll probably be around for a while. Um, when I, when I talk with leaders, this is why I started my consulting firm called Voss Consulting is because Voss is you in Latin. Mm. And so my mantra, my kind of my tagline is it starts with you. Here's what I get all the time, Dan. Tacey, um, my team, they're not working together well. You know what they do, they do this and that. And, and then, oh, how they communicate with this group. So I hear all the things and then I will ask, so what have you done? Who have you spoken with? And they're, oh, well, no, I mean, they should just know this stuff. This is ridiculous. 
oh, okay. So now we've got to do this. And I, I will take the mirror and put it towards them and say, what do you own? Like, what's the part, what are you, what are you saying or not saying? What are you allowing? Um, what environment are you helping to create? So we have to start owning our own stuff or else we won't be able to help our teams. So when I go in um, for one-on-one -on -one executive coaching, I stopped coaching people who aren't interested in being coached. I stopped coaching people who um, are, people are putting them in coaching because they're in trouble. Like that, we're not gonna make any headway. You have to be able to say, what do I own? I wanna grow, I wanna move. And so I think what I've seen pre-COVID, during, and we'll see again, is that we struggle with not only owning our own stuff, looking in the mirror, but then having those tough conversations with the people, instead of saying, hey, Tacey, you're a coach, you wanna tell them what to do? <laughs> no, that's your job. And so giving tough feedback in a really great way is one of the hardest things that I have seen for amazing leaders, like amazing leaders. And their biggest struggle is to give feedback effectively. They either go, way overboard, you know, with way too hard. Um, but more than likely it's, I'm going to hold off on it. I'm not going to give it to you. It's going to be a little vague. I'm uncomfortable or I won't give it to you at all. So that, that psychological safety is the leaders aren't even comfortable with. <laughs> so that is, that's been common yesterday and today. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, you know, for the next however long they're managers. And I mean, I hope it is. because <laughs> then I'll stay employed. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> Now, you know, you probably heard of the concept of the feedback sandwich. Do you employ that particular concept or do you have a different methodology to use with your, with your clients? So a, definitely a different methodology. And it's so interesting. Um, feedback sandwich is so, um, it, it had its good intent, right? It was so good. You give someone the good stuff. You're so amazing. And you add so much to this team. That's the bun. But you kind of aren't getting in any of your reports on time and there's filled with inaccuracies, but I'm so grateful that you're a part of the team. So when you go good, bad, good, my philosophy is that you are saying that middle beef in the sandwich or the turkey in the sandwich is so bad that I had to sandwich it with good. <laughs> it's a, you are so in the principal's office that I had to give you good. It also is so darn confusing. So someone might come out of a feedback discussion. They're like, did I just get a raise? I'm so confused. Do they love me or am I in trouble? So, or it's inauthentic. Like they look back and go, oh, that sucks. You just said good stuff to me to make you feel better. It feels a little disingenuous. So it's a good, the idea was there. And um, here's what I say to people. If you have positive feedback to give and negative feedback to give, Great, you can do that in the same conversation. Just don't mush them together. Mm. Really give good, hey, here's what I noticed that you did. And, and the impact of that is this, thank you so much. I wanted to talk to you about something else I noticed. This hasn't been in on time and that's really messing up our team. Just separate it and, and it'll be clear. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, when you mentioned just, just separate it, you know, good feedback shouldn't be limited to just when you got to deliver bad news and you know yes. right it's uh, yes. it probably should be giving on a more constant basis yes they say that um if they've they've interviewed you know individual contributors people who have bosses and they say does is your boss giving you even kind of equal feedback good and bad feedback 
And stats showed that if you give double the positive, it feels equal. Hmm. Like you, you don't think someone's picking on you. So if I do the sandwich every time, anytime I get a positive, I'm like, and, but, so the positive now kind of is that Pavlov's dog. You're, you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to get something bad. And they're like, no, that's it. That's it. That's just great. So it sets, it gets confusing. Right, right. All right. So we're, we're kind of near the end here. Yeah. Um, you've been in this game for a very long time. If, if, if someone is looking to bring on someone like you, but they've never, they never brought in a coach or someone on the outside to help them, you know, manage their teams. What are some of the things that they should be looking for um, to have to bring in who's really effective and can create change in their, in their company? Yeah. You're going to want to look for someone. Um, I think probably one of the strengths that I have and th why I do this, someone who can come in, learn your company and customize things for you. So there's a lot of, hey, send someone to a random kind of same seminar out there, which could be great. I've attended some great ones. But when you really want to have change, you want to find it where it is, you get kind of integrated into what is this company's culture? What are you looking to drive? And so anyone who you partner with in a consulting firm can learn more about you, get, get very specific. The frameworks, the ideas, the foundational things about leadership, they're all the same. But the way that kind of is incorporated into the culture, that's the magic. And, and where I feel like I'm at my best is when I'm able to work in companies with them at all different levels. Hmm. So it's not just a one time I come in and I'm like, so hope you're good. Great. Typically that's not going to be your best move. You want to have a program to where there's some follow-up, there's some accountability, kind of work that in. So I would say someone who would um, accommodate some customizations would be important. Hmm, okay. And uh, yeah. for you in particular, what's your, what's your ideal client? What's your sweet spot where it was like, Hey, I can do this all day, every day in my sleep and I would love it. Yes. Yes. I, so I, I've been presenting now, now it's since March, it's been virtual. So that's mm -hmm. my new hangout in the corner of my house, but um, I can talk on most leadership topics because it's been, I'm coming up on 25 years of this and it's just my passion. I, I stay connected as much as I can um, on this topic. My favorite place is to be really connected with a client so that it is not a one-off. My joy, how I get motivated is when I see change in other companies, the companies I'm working with. I wanna see change. And so I've got several clients where I'm working with their, some of their executives uh, on just individual one-on-one -on -one coaching. Then I'm, I'm helping their mid-level managers and directors and we're doing a six-week course. And then we've got the uh, VPs doing some other projects together. So where I'm able to kind of incorporate myself and understand the culture, I think I'm at my best. Perfect. So, you know, as you, you can probably can appreciate this, right? You know, when, whenever you implement a new program or set goals, you know, um, the results must be measurable, yes. right? Yes. So in, in your line of work, how do you know when you or the client has achieved what they wanted to achieve working with you or yeah. any other consultant? Yeah. So we look at, I mean, if you want to get really geeky, there's four levels of evaluation <laughs> as we go into adult learning. And so first off, I want to know, did they like it? So that's just kind of level one. Did you have a good session? Did that go well? Are they enjoying the, the are they getting something out of their, their coaching? But when it's individual coaching, we have really clear 
objectives that that person has to meet. So I work with the, the person I'm coaching, the coachee, I meet with their boss and HR. We really establish very clear midway goals and end goals. So that's, that's pretty clear. In sessions, that's why I like to do sessions kind of consecutively with the same group so that I can begin seeing where is this change happening. If I do a one-time thing, I can reach back out to the client and say, how are they doing? Have you seen them on the job? Utilizing any of these skills? Are they using the feedback model? Are... It's a little harder to tell. So my way is when I get in with a company, we start looking at we'll do 360s every few years and that will show a, a difference of them. Um, there's kind of pulse surveys that we'll take around leadership. So there we'll show there. And then we look at um, people who stayed within their, in the company, right? Mm-hmm. So that when we're looking at how many people have ditched their, their situation, kind of that retention number is one that we look at as well. So it, all that to say per client, per sessions, Per what we're doing, we have to set up some really clear, measurable things so that that they're that they know we're moving forward and it's not just feel good. All right, perfect. So we are kind of wrapping it up here, and this Thanks. show is called the Intentional Entrepreneur. So I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions okay. about your journey as an entrepreneur and just answer the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. Uh, favorite business book and why? Um, I'm going to go with. Um, Oh my gosh. I would say five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. Um, I read it a million years ago. And then I was working with a group on this specific topic on really how to have high functioning teams. And I just listened to the audio version the on audibles. And I just was like, this is legendary. So <laughs> that's just foundational. Okay. And who do you look up to? Uh, I follow Simon Sinek, I think is someone who's got a good finger on the pulse beat of what's going on out there. I really admire him. Um, And Brene Brown is another person, thought leader that I follow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The best business advice you've ever received? Hmm. I would say be a learner. Just keep being a learner. I pick a try to pick a word for each year of what I'm going to try to focus on. The bummer is I had to do the same word for 2019 and 2020 because it didn't stick. <laughs> but mine was um, curious because I'm a talker, and and for me to be curious is to be a learner and to ask questions and be interested in in learning from others. So I think it's my goal. So I don't know if I've achieved it, but I'm trying, and I know that that's that's a that's a big one for me. Okay. Um... You, uh, you lose everything. The only thing you have is your computer, the internet, and your cell phone. How do you rebuild your business in 30 days? 30 days. That's like on an island and your, <laughs> I don't what album would you bring? Um, how would I rebuild my business? I, I mean, if I got myself, so this is really important to me. So if I just have my cell, I'm calling people up. For me, I, it would actually be pretty easy because I don't have, I've got a website, you can go on there, but it's not, that's not how I crank out all my business. It's so relational. So I probably just call people. Right. That's not even that exciting of an answer, Dan. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, if you could do one thing over again, what would it be? I was internal uh, working in internal companies, like an, in organizational development, leadership development in companies mm-hmm. for about, 
18 years of my career. And then I jumped out and I went and created Voss Consulting and I've been doing, you know, all of the consulting out. So external consultant, I would have done that earlier because I, I was scared. It was a risk. Um, I felt like I was jumping off the edge of a cliff. And when I did it, I was like, this is what lights me up. I have not had more fun in my career than these last six or seven years. So I'm, I would have done it earlier. Perfect. And uh, lastly, what's the biggest challenge in your business today? Um, I, you know, I want to say budget, but that's not true. Um, the biggest challenge, the thing that's most frustrating is when top leadership is not backing what the rest of the leadership is going through. So if I'm called into a company to make change, but the top leaders are like, yeah, but we don't want to be a part of it. And we're kind of too big for learning anything new. And so just kind of work with those people and make them better, but they don't want to help create the culture. That's, that is my biggest um, win is when I can get the upper management involved, uh, then we can do anything. Perfect. We got uh, Tacey Rhyme with Voss Consulting. If we want to learn more about you, where can we find you? Yes, it's so easy. It's just VossConsulting.com. So V-O-S Consulting.com. All right. Thank you again for your time. It's been super fun chatting with you. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Dan.